Get your Bibles out and open them up to Kenneth E. Hagen, 1124. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Turn to Mark 11. Um, you might wonder, is that the only thing this guy knows? No, actually, we're not going to preach on that tonight. We're going to move on a little bit. But we'll start right there. I'm going to talk about love is. How many of you, your love walk is perfect? That's kind of what I thought. So, you know what? I think we're going to have a good sir. Yours is perfect. You got it. Well, somebody's got to have the perfect wife. As a matter of fact, Mark Hankins is the only perfect man I know of because he has a scripture to back it up. It says, Mark, the perfect man. <laughs> so, we're I want to talk about love. I want to talk about something tonight because... Um, I've had times in my life when I did not get my prayers answered. And honestly, I didn't know why. But I didn't. They just didn't get answered. God just ignored me. And, um, it kind of, and a few times I've been a little aggravated at God. Like, you know, I mean, if, I mean, if you're just going to sit up there and stonewall me, I mean, what good is it? I, I got a church to pastor and you're not talking to me. And, you know, what do you do? You make, you just hire a lawyer no, never mind. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, you know, at times you, you just want to go, why is this not working? And most of the time, I'm going to show you why. And it's, it's, very, it's very simple, but it, it, you have to pay attention to something. So I want to read, because Mark eleven twenty two is very, very powerful scripture, but we're going to move on. Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Surely I say to you, if you say to a mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in your heart, but believe the things you say will be done, you'll have what you say. Now, we've preached this hundreds of times, and I know people are going, well, I know people that it doesn't work for, and I'm going to show you why. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe, receive them, and you'll have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody... Now, I, I'm going to tell you right now, to me, that has caught me. And I'll tell you why. I don't have any big sins. I only have little ones. I'll come over here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's easy. It's easy. I mean, I don't, I don't smoke dope, drink beer, chase wild women. I, I just don't do those things. So... You know, when, when it talks about living right, living a holy life, when you come back and read this, there's been times I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and I finally went to the Lord one day and I said, what gives? And he took me back to the scripture, anything, anyone. And then I stop and go, oh. So I'm going to tell you a story, and I know y'all have never done this. I know y'all have never done this, but I have. I was praying for a person one day, and I was praying for them because they were a pain. <laughs> and they needed prayer bad. I mean, they, they, they cause trouble. They, they're, they're always doing something wrong, and they're always saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. You don't know what I'm talking about. You just, and so you're praying for them. And it's obvious from your prayers that you're aggravated. God... <laughs> 
And so, you know, I'm praying like that over somebody one day. I was praying like, Lord, I mean, I'm not even getting my prayers answered. And then I went back. It was like this person popped up in front of me. I think God was wanting me to forgive them, but I didn't get it. I thought, boy, they need prayer. And I mean, I went after it tooth and toenail. The Father God, they got to change. I mean, they got to change. After praying like that a little while, then Mark eleven twenty five 25 popped up. And I'm like, are you trying to say something? Y'all get, y'all awfully quiet. Now, let me, before I go get myself any deeper, have anybody in here ever done this? Have you ever? I'm not talking about their, that what they did. They didn't, they didn't do me bad, but by God, I don't like what they do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It just get under your skin, and after a while, you're just, you're just, you know, and then this word comes up. I ain't putting up with that anymore. Now, I don't know whether y'all have ever said that or not, but it sounds legal and it sounds religious, sounds good, but it sounds a lot like anything, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> to me. And, and, and I, it, it took me a few minutes of praying for them to realize I, I'm a little bit mad. Yeah. <laughs> but they need prayer. <laughs> bad. They got to change bad. And I'm not worried about them changing for their sake. I'm worried about them changing for mine. Tired of being around this this man, stop it. So anyway, um, I, I went to the Lord and I went, are, are you saying something to me? I know that y'all think that I'm that sharp, but sometimes I'm not. I think this, this what he said, will catch more people. And... Cole Stringer, uh, um, he was, uh, I remember the old, I don't know if they still do it in here, Kenneth Copeland and Joyce Myers, all these guys were a member of a group called ICFCM, International Convention of Ministers, Faith and Word Ministers or something or another. Cole Stringer was a regional director down in Australia and he wrote a book. He said 80% of all Christians are offended at someone. That's, that's, that's high. That's high. I'm going to say something else to you, and I want you to think about this. That is Satan's number one tactic to get you to become ineffective. I think the worst thing is it is at home. Easiest thing in the world to do is to take for granted the people you're the closest to. You don't let you, I'm going to let my hair down, I'm home. Why don't you just keep your hat on at home? Why don't you? Why does everybody at home have to suffer? Now, if you have your elbow on somebody, you're the one I'm talking to right now. And if you're sitting there thinking, I'm glad so-and-so's here, you're still the one I'm talking to. It says in the King James, if you have ought, I, I mean, when you stop and think, anything I mean, you mean anything? <laughs> I think he means anything. 
So we're going to talk about our love walk for a few minutes. God put you in a church. Because diamonds cut diamonds. If anybody's going to get under your skin, it's here. It's either home or church. That's why people float. Now you offended me, I'm going down the road. Without your prayers getting answered, I guarantee you that. All right, I want to look at another one here. 1 Peter 3, 7. I'm not going to go there in my Bible. I'll pop it on the screen. Let's look at this one now. I mean, let's get home. Let's get closer to the house. Husbands, dwell with them, your wives, with understanding. Give honor to the wife as the weaker, physical. I know y'all ladies want me to say that. Uh, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. I got to tell you, when Lisa and I, I guess we'd been married a couple of years. Now, I had a short fuse, but she did actually learn to push my buttons a little. And she had this thing that she was going to whip me one day. I don't know where she got it. She, she, we, we got in a spat, and she pulled up her fist. And I'm like, really? And she hit me in the arm, reared back and just wailed me right in the arm. And I said, okay. She said, I mean, she said something. And I reached down and I grabbed her and, and I was stronger. She was lighter. I just lifted her off the ground. She got this really funny look on her face, and she said, if you hit me, it would hurt. I said, yes. <laughs> and next thing you know, she's laughing. Well, she, what else are you going to do when you're dangling in the air? I mean, back then, I'm like curling 130-something pounds. I mean, I, I was buff. I was laid block all day. I was a block mason, and I carried, uh, I used to pick up headers, throw them on my shoulder, and climb scaffolds. And so, I mean, I was very, 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 very strong for my, for my size, and I just lifted her off the ground. And, of course, we didn't, you know, she, the fight stopped. I just lifted her up. You want to continue with this? She goes, no, I, I think we have, there, there's another way. <laughs> I said, yes, lady. <laughs> anyway, let's read the rest of this. I don't do that anymore. She lifts me up off the ground now. <laughs> Listen to this. Likewise, dwell with them according to give honor to your wife as the weaker physical vessel and be an heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, God takes your, your marriage very, very serious. And, you know, God made man the head. But being the head, God doesn't have to answer the head's prayers if he don't want to. You're going to treat her good. Or you, you know, uh, and I'm going to tell another story on myself. Now, now, you understand that when I first got saved, I wasn't as mature as I am. I'll come over here. I didn't think <laughs> And my, and my first wife would start in the morning nagging me and, and get a, you get in a fight with her, it was, it was going to be an all-day affair. So one day I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to go upstairs. She went upstairs. She was screaming and hollering. I said, I'm going to go upstairs and just smack the fire out of her. Now, I've been saved long. He said, you do almost smack the fire out of you. 
I said, well, I think I'll do something else. <laughs> I don't think you want to be running around punching women. So that was kind of like the last thought I ever entertained of hitting anybody. Well, not anybody, but women. <laughs> this, I don't know, is this going to go good tonight? I just <laughs> can't just stand here and lie. But, but God takes this thing about our, about our love walk with each other. He takes this thing very serious. He takes it more serious than we think he takes it. Because we are born again. You, you have, you're blessed of God, but so are the other people around you. And the only time that he has ever said anything to you and I was, I love you, I'll take care of you. But you start causing trouble in the family you're going to have to talk to me because I'm not, first of all, I'm not even going to talk to you when you come talk to me because you're running around mad at somebody or upset or causing trouble. All right, let me, let me, get, let me get real, let me see how serious I can get right here. Um, stop expecting your spouse to meet all of your needs. They're not capable of doing it. Your spouse is not spiritually mature, most likely not more so than you. Lisa has faults. I have faults. We all have issues and you have to recognize they're there. Now, you got to learn to count the good and leave the what, all the stuff they're not doing well yet Leave it alone, aside from murder, <laughs> adultery. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, we, I mean, I'm not talking about if you have a husband who beats you. Get out. Just pack it up. Get out of the house. You don't need to be around that mess. So, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, just absolute uh, wickedness. I'm talking about just faults with each other. But it's amazing how we expect everyone around us to, to, there's a fantasy that they're all going to know us and love us and care about us 24 hours a day, seven days a week and be just like Jesus. And they're not. Thank you. It's called unrealistic expectations. I remembered, and I wish Lisa was in here right now. She could help me with this. How many of y'all have ever seen the movie Pride and Prejudice? I, I, that's the only romance movie I actually like. It's got character in it anyway. So I think it's Lizzie is talking to the old woman. Now, y'all may know her name because I don't remember her own. The old queen or whatever she is. And she's describing a woman. And Lizzie said she'd be a fearful sight. He's talking about all these qualities in a woman. It's just, in all reality, it's just not real. Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. We've got it. We, we, we've got to. We've got to quit. We got to lay the rocks down and start expecting that not everybody that you know, not every friend of you, they're not going to notice you. They're not going to answer the phone every time you call. Your spouse is not going to notice everything you do and compliment everything that you do for them, and 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 all. And it's just not. It's not going to happen. When you're running around with a beef, 
Most of the time, it's unprecedented. Maybe they did so, do something wrong, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Are you all ready? Stop expecting your spouse to meet all your needs. They have their own issues to deal with. Everybody in this room deals with the flesh and the devil. Every one of us do. I think sometimes maybe a little grace. When you're looking at somebody and go, you know what? Maybe it's not me. Maybe they're just not having a good day. Maybe they need prayer. Maybe they're not on their game right now. I've had people walk in and they walk up and go, you didn't even say hi when I walked by. And I went, well, I didn't see you. Well, that's the problem. All right. I'm going to walk up to 300 people every Sunday morning and give you a big hug. Look in the eye. Oh, my God. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's why I quit coming out. Because if I hug 20 people, there's three that go, didn't hug me. I'm leaving this church. I'm going where the pastor cares. That's ignorance going to seed. Ain't nobody in the world. That's Superman. Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. Yet it's amazing how we have a list of what we expect other people to be like. And most of it's really not even possible. All right. You should avoid toxic people. When someone's toxic, well, then leave them alone. Now, we're not talking about that. But we're not talking about maliciousness. Now, go to Proverbs 17, 27. And then I'm going to tell you a story because I, because I want to. We're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to get into unforgiveness here a little bit more in a minute. We're going to talk about people who do you wrong. And there could be people who just flat out do you wrong. And they meant it. (laughs) He who has knowledge spares his words. A man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. Did you know you don't have to answer everything or say everything that comes to your mind? I'm going to tell you all a little secret on me. I really thought it was my job when I first started pastoring to tell everybody what they needed to do right. Church stayed small. I really did. I really did. I started adopting a philosophy, pray more, say less. Not everybody is where you are and they don't all, they're doing all they can to do the thing God just told them. You're not God. Give people grace. Find out where they are in their walk with God and accept them like they are and give them a chance to grow. You see things all the time. You you see things in other people all the time that's not right. You know what you do about it? Pray and be quiet about it. You don't you don't need to be saying anything. All you're going to do is pick a fight. I'm doing real good. It's called calm resolve. Just just learn to be going. Just chill out a little bit. 
not everybody drives like you do. <laughs> when I see somebody doing 45 and a 55 zone in the left-hand lane, I go into prayer mode. Father, will you please take them back to New Jersey right now in Jesus' name? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just joking. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. I think sometimes it's better to just say a lot less than we're saying. You know your kids aren't listening. Listen, I'm going to do it my way. You know why we say something? Most of the times because we're afraid. I'll come over here and preach. Well, you're going to screw up like I did when I was a kid. Well, you did. I'm not saying there's not a right time to talk, but I'm talking about the person you know. You've said it 15, 20, 30 times. They listen. You know you're just picking a fight. Be quiet. Keith Moore made a statement one time. He says, when you go home to your relatives at Christmas, when they get on theological subjects, just say, hey, well, you know, if that's the way you think about a hallelujah, why don't you pass the cornbread? Just stay off. They're not changing. They don't believe in prosperity. They don't believe in the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. And they definitely don't speak in tongues. Well, just, just eat the cornbread and enjoy your time with your family. And then just enjoy it and go home. When they want to know something, they'll call you. I know you want to say something bad. I know I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. <laughs> and they don't appreciate. They don't respect you for telling them they're wrong. And they can't admit it anyway. You're a relative. Never mind. I'm going I'm to go to something else. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is honorable for a man to stop striving. Any idiot can start a fight. I said I changed it. it it's, any fool can start a quarrel. It, it don't take a lot of depth to get to pick a fight with somebody. All right. <laughs> this took me, this actually took me a little bit of time. It takes two people to fight. You know, I always thought to myself, somebody said something one night, I said, wouldn't you like to be young again? I went, no. I, wouldn't go, I don't want to go through the years of stupid ever again in my whole life. All of the dumb things I did... Never mind, I know. <laughs> Romans 12. We're going to get into the love book here in just a minute. And I'm going to say something to you right now, and I hope you... I'm not preaching on this because I have it down. I don't, I don't have it all down. But I'll tell you, I've, I'm not where I was. I've, learned, I'm not, I've grown in this area. I, I know that Lisa came in. Lisa, I was trying to think of the, um, in the Pride and Prejudice, the old woman's name that Lizzie got in a fight with and told her something about she's a fearsome sight. Talking about 
She would be a Pharisee and talking about the perfect woman. You don't want to be married to the perfect woman. You couldn't handle it. Never mind. You want some faults there. Promise me. Because she wouldn't be married to you. And vice versa. <laughs> Someone says, I made a mistake when I got married. Everybody made a mistake when they got married. In all of the wars and all of the people that have died, the one God had for you is not even here. <laughs> that's, that's depressing, isn't it? That's like, you don't have second Beth, you have 5,000th Beth. You, you have, yeah, I'm, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. There's no perfect people. They just don't exist. So, God, T.L. Osborne said, God would love to give you a perfect pastor, but he doesn't have any. <laughs> and he'd love to give you a perfect husband. He ain't got any of them either. <laughs> Romans 12, 9. Let's read this. And I'm going to tell you a story now. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what's evil and cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, give preference to one another. Do not lag in diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Distribute the needs of the saints. Give into hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's not easy now, I'm going to jump down to 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, he, the reason he put that in there is because you're going to have to learn to get along. Because you're in a room full of people that are very different than you, and most of them are, are not as mature as you, and most of them are not as perfect as you. And you're going to have to learn to get along with them. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, <laughs> and it, it includes me. When I was going to Ramah, the Lord said to me one day, Stay home today. I missed one day of Rhema. I, I, never, I never missed school for being sick. Uh, thank God I've only been out of this church in my pulpit once for being in the hospital. They, they wouldn't let me go. They had me hook, hook up with IVs and wouldn't let me out. They told me I was almost dead. I, I didn't believe them. <laughs> Never mind. But they told me, I, I proved them wrong. I said, I have to go. I have to go to work. So... So I only missed one day out of the whole year, and the Lord said, I want you to stay home today. Well, I walked around the house praying the Holy Ghost, not sure why God told me not to go to Raymond today, not to go to school, don't go to school today. So I got on television, and I'm watching one of my favorite preachers. And while I'm watching him, and he's on TV, and he's a big dog, and the Lord said these words to me, he's going to fall now, when he said that, I'm going to tell you, it, 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 it shocked me to no end. It wouldn't have been any different if he told me Kenneth Hagin was going to backslide or Copeland was going to fall away from God. I mean, it just, I mean, I'm just sitting there in front of the TV going, excuse me? 
And I realized that he had me stay home and watch this because he wanted to talk to me about this guy's falling. And I said to him, aren't you gossiping? I mean, I don't know why in the world you want me to stay home so you can tell me this guy's fixing to do something. Just weird to me. So he said, the reason that he's going to fall is not what everyone thinks. He's going to get in sexual sins. He said, but no one gets into sexual sins because of sex. It's quiet in this Baptist church. He said he's going to fall because of pride and bitterness. Now, we're talking about a TV preacher. You think Satan's not after you? And this guy started verbally from the pulpit talking about other ministers on television. Now, what happens when you do that you, right now, I want you to understand, you're saved by grace. The life you're living is impossible to do. It's not possible for you to live this life. Christianity is impossible. You've got to have grace to do it. When you get in unforgiveness, God lifts his grace off you. For he resists the proud... And he gives grace to the humble. Y'all out there? I don't mean the moment he just, God's not running around with an attitude. But I mean, you get on television and you start slamming other ministers. And God said, that's enough. Took his hand off of him. He went right down the girly bar. Why is that? Because he can't live the Christian life without God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good now. This, this is where we're going tonight. You can't either. You're not, this is not, this, this is not you. If, if you're bearing fruit, it ain't you. If, you. if you're still hungry for God, it ain't you. If you've lost your hunger, you need to be here tonight. I'm going to tell you, I'm talking to you. Because Satan knows as long as there's grace on you, you're going to bear fruit and you're going to do well. So he sends somebody by. Next thing you know, you're at odds. If you have ought against anybody. Now, this guy happened to, you know, get in, get in with, with other ministers. And he got on television and he started slamming faith men. Faith preachers. He slammed Copeland, slammed Hagen, slammed everybody else. And then he went down. And I remembered at the time, Copeland, someone asked him, because I remembered this during, during this time, he said, he said, just walk in love. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Did he say anything? Ever? Never. Never. Copeland never retired, never said a thing. To the, never said anything. Walked in love, was kind, blessed this man. Blessed him. For whose sake? His. I'm doing real good. Y'all are very attentive. So I'm in front of my TV, and I said, well, I appreciate you telling me this, but why are you telling me this? <laughs> so you don't do it, stupid. He didn't say stupid. He didn't call me stupid. I said stupid. Because he said you, talking to me, have a tendency. 
to not forgive. And I don't want you to end up like him. Are y'all out there? I never forgot it. Now, I'm not saying that I've been perfect at it. I've had my battles. But I mean, when someone does you wrong, you feel it. They didn't have a, what, who do they think they are? I have a right to do that. They're destroying me, my home, the church. What, you want me to say nothing? I'm going to wring their neck. Are y'all out there? That's been one of the most difficult things I've ever had to deal with in my entire life is being accused of something and say nothing. <laughs> it's bad enough I do some of it, but the stuff I didn't do. You want to stand up and go, I didn't do anything they said. And you have people get up and leave the church and you don't defend yourself. You just go, why are you leaving? You know. I don't. Bye. And you're like, God, can I explain myself? No. Anybody in here ever been through this? Or am, I just, am I just talking to me and Zach? I mean, is me and Zach the only people in this whole room that needs to hear this? Folks, I think this is probably one of the biggest issues we deal with in life. So, it is God, here's the question. Is he big enough to vindicate you? And is he big enough to take care of you if you do not defend yourself? Say yes. That's not easy to do. That is very, very hard to do. David, when Saul attacked him, what did he do? He never. He never fought with him. Now, that's the scripture God kept taking me back. What did David do? Well, he should have, he should have killed him. I would have. No, no, no. No, no. I, I, I hate to bring up my ex, but, but I'm just going to bring this up for y'all's sake because I think you need to hear this. Some of you heard me tell the story before. When we got a divorce, um, I gave her what she wanted and it wasn't enough. And she started with the girls taking them out, partying, doing stuff. God, that made me mad. Boy, you, I can't tell you how mad it'll make you when your spouse starts using the kids against you. You know, that, that's, 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 not, that's unfair fighting. And so I told God one day, I said, if you'll bring the stoning-in-law back for one minute, <laughs> we will fix this problem, then we can move on. And Lisa will tell you, I was, you know, get the phone calls and the, and the, and the you, it just wears on you. And all of it's an attack from hell. Yeah. It's, don't even worry about the person. It's really from Satan. Amen. And you've got authority over all the work of the enemy. So one morning I woke up and I'm headed to work and I'm, I got arthritis in my legs and my knees so bad, I can't walk. And I'm getting out of bed. I'm, I remember I'm, I wake up in the morning. I swing my legs out of the bed. They're like two logs. And they bend down to the floor. The, my knees hurt. I'm in my 30s. I'm, this is, man, I ain't 80. 
I ain't ready for no wheelchair. I mean, everything in, I mean, my legs were stowed up. You can ask Lisa. The pain was terrible. I, I don't care, ask for nothing. It didn't do anything. And I would get out and walk, and if I kicked something, the pain would shoot up my legs. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I stood on the word, rebuked the devil. I did everything Kenneth Hagin said do. Nothing worked. I finally went to God. I said, what? Gives. Forgive. After I knock her in the head. <laughs> y'all ain't never been that mad at anybody. I know y'all ain't never. But I'm just talking about our emotions and people. And I finally got to the place where I forgave for the simple reason I just wanted to be able to walk. <laughs> She's the bad guy and I'm sick. <laughs> Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. And that made me mad. I said, that's about as unfair as it gets. <laughs> she ought to be the one sick. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one here tonight, but Jack and I are enjoying this. And I went to God and I said, all right. Now, here was the, this is the issue. What about the girls? Can I trust God? You better. And you better give it to God. And you better forgive, and you better bless her, and do good. Mm. <laughs> Lisa preached a message not too long ago on the north side of the mountain. I have been on the north side of the mountain. It's cold in the north side of the mountain. If you, listen, if you're ever going to be used by God, Satan's going to throw everything at you but the kitchen sink. And you better get ready for this. Jesus had people who didn't like him, and he didn't even do anything wrong. How much more you and I? So I forgave, blessed her. God turned it all around, didn't he? Yeah. But I tell you, when your emotions are involved, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. All right, look at Matthew 5, 9. Let's see how I'm doing for time. Oh, I'm doing good. Zach, are you doing good? I'm doing a whole sermon. I didn't mean to just, just, just for you, but... I was going to say it's for Amber, but I can't, I can't handle, you know, if she gets that mad at me. So I'm just going to pick on you. <laughs> Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the troublemakers. They will be called the sons of God. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and they say all kinds of stuff, it's falsely, for my name's sake, rejoice, be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, but I want it right now. <laughs> uh, verse 22, but I say to you, whoever's angry with his brother without a cause in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Reka, which is, means empty-headed idiot, shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says you fool will be in danger of hell fire. If you bring your gift to the altar and remember you, your brother has something against you, leave your gift to go up back and find him and make it right. Amen. That's not easy scripture. I've gone to people to make it right and they went, no. I went, okay. I, I did my part. Now, I'm not walking around with this. I don't walk around with it. I, I don't have any animosity in my heart. I trust God. If you don't like me, stand in line. <laughs> <laughs> I 
There's times I don't even like me, but I'm pretty much stuck. People say, well, there's things about you I don't like. I said, yeah, but I can't leave. I don't like me either, but I can't leave. <laughs> James chapter 2. Yeah, let's go there. Anybody, when you came in tonight, you're, you've been sitting there going, I think I better get these people under the blood. <laughs> yeah, you better. If you, if, you're not going to walk in health. No, you're not. You're not, you're not going to get your prayers answered. You're not going to walk in prosperity. Now, I didn't say you wouldn't make money, but you're going to bust it. Supernatural life is, you're going to have to live supernaturally. James chapter 2, verse 12. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That means that when you see and they do you wrong, stop right there what you're doing and pray for them because they have a problem. Don't take it personal. Somebody has to be mature. Why not us? Why not? Why not? If somebody's going to be a Christian, why, in, why not us? I've seen people and I've talked to people who, who've had a tough, tough, tough life. And I'll tell you something. I was going to tell you some stories tonight and I'm going to tell you one. You meet people sometimes they're lost. They don't know God. They've had a they've had a bad they've had a bad life. When I was in Tulsa, I was a maintenance man, and I walked into an apartment with a with a girl. And I'm gonna tell you skin color for a reason, because of it. it you understand the perception and the way people treat people. It was a little white girl, and she had a little little girl that was half white, half black, and she's not married, and she's just late teens. I walked in, there was a table, a chair, and a, and a mattress on the floor, and that was it. I took the liberty and looked in her refrigerator. There wasn't anything in there. And the girl was just absolutely depressed. And so I said, how are you doing? Let me just bite my head off. Sometimes when people have an attitude, it's not you. So she's like, no, 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 get in here and fix whatever you're supposed to fix and then leave. I said, okay, sweetheart, it's all right. I'm not going to get mad at you. Lady, you already have a bad, your life is bad enough without me adding to it. So I'm walking around, and so when I left there, I started praying for her. I said, God, she needs, well, she needs help. No tree, it's Christmas time. I'm leaving in a couple of days and going home to Athens, Georgia from Tulsa. I got a bright idea. I went down the store. I bought a huge box of groceries. Now, let me tell you something. I didn't have a lot of money. I only made like $20 a day. I mean, so you can imagine, I, I'm not doing all that good either. So I bought turkey, well, kind of a little guy, and some cranberries and some beans and a bag of rice and, you know, some stuff for, for gravy and just a few items and put sweet potatoes in a can and stuffed them in a box. And then I bought the little girl a baby doll. This is about as big as her. And so I went down, and I'm leaving to go to Athens, and I knock on the door. I hear this. Who is it? 
friendly. It's the maintenance man. Ain't nothing broke. You are. <laughs> you bad broke. I said, uh, I have something for you. I don't want it leave. Bang, 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 bang on the door. Finally, she opens up and goes, what? I said, uh, I have something for you. Well, I don't want it. I don't want your charity. Goodbye. I just stepped in anyway. You ever read the scripture that said the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it? Press and press, I press forward toward the market. You press. You got you, you, you to be like a salesman. You got to just go in. So I walked in and set it on the counter. She said, what are you doing? I didn't ask you for no charity, and I don't want no charity. I said, well, here's just some groceries. And I pulled the baby doll out, and you ought to have seen the little girl. <laughs> she ain't going to have no Christmas. Yeah. Her mama can't take care of her. I handed it to that little girl. She goes, oh, what are you doing? And she goes, I didn't ask you for any of this. She's like, and, I, and I just decided to look at her. I said, let me tell you something, sweetheart. It's obvious you need a little bit of help. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I love you. God loves you. Here's dinner. Have a Merry Christmas. I just walked out. Take your stuff. I said, I ain't taking it. And I left. She didn't want me to anyway. That was my best Christmas. And she wasn't a nice person. But what, why is she that way? So I think sometimes we need to understand that sometimes when people are not happy, it ain't you. Right? Can you learn to be, you're having a bad day, especially at me. I think I'll just be nice to you. Isn't that what it says? Bless those that do good to those who curse you. It heaps coals of fire on the head. Have you ever been nice to somebody who was ugly? It's fun. You get to do it tonight when you get home. Just try it. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I really am. I'm going to tell you another story. Um, this, almost the same scenario. When I started working at Certainty right after I got born again, and I want, Lisa, I want to remember this boy's name so bad. But there was this young man that came to work there. And I mean, this boy had an attitude. Y'all ever meet people with that? I mean, he just was attitude on steroids. <laughs> you say something and he would, excuse me? So I prayed for him to leave. I did. I went to God and I said, get him out of here. And no reason not to work around this kind of attitude. All the time, this guy has a nasty attitude. And he had cross eyes and I couldn't tell when he was looking at me. <laughs> He'd be looking over here and I'm going, where are you looking? <laughs> and I mean, he would get smart and I'd get smart back. I know, you know, y'all ever done anything like that before in your life. And when I went to the Lord one day and I said, what is wrong with him? Get him out of here. And the Lord said, if you knew him, you wouldn't act that way. I said, well, then please explain. He said, son, this young man has never had a home. When he was a boy, he had to move in with his aunt. Parents left him. Got a divorce, walked out. Both of them walked out. His aunt raised him. He said he has been kicked from pillar to post his whole life. He has a chip on his shoulder. He's never been loved. He don't know anything about it. 
He said, did you notice him riding in on his motorcycle this morning with no coat? I said, yes, I did. That's stupid. And the Lord said, he don't have one. He said, you have two. I said, yes, I do. One's for cold and one's for colder. I mean, you understand at this time, I'm not all that rich myself. I don't have a lot of money. I'm just getting saved. I'm just coming out of poverty. I'm just learning to walk with God. And the Lord said this to me. He says, he said, son, he has, he has been kicked from pillar to post. Nobody's ever loved him. He's been run from relative to relative his whole life. And he left someplace up New York, New Jersey, the Bronx, whatever that's. I don't even understand the Bronx, where it is, or all of that stuff. But he left there and came here to start over in life. And he got him a sportster, and he didn't have money for a coat. And he says, I want you to get your coat and bring it to him, give it to him. So I went home, and I dug out. I had an old army coat. Y'all remember the kind that had the fur around it? When This is an old army coat. I brought it, and I handed it to him. I walked up, and I said, I'm going to give you something. He said, I don't want your charity honky. What's a honky? The honk, people honk at you? I don't know what's that. When he, he cops an attitude with me, and I said, um, I need to apologize for the way I treat you. I said, I don't, naturally, I don't like you. You're a pain. He said, well, honky, I don't like you either. I said, but the Lord told me about you. He said, what did the Lord tell you about me? I said, well, your parents died, you know, left you. And I went down the story. And when I got finished, we're standing out on the dock, and tears are running out of his face. I said, I had no idea the hell you've been through in life. And I apologize for being a part of that hell. Now, here's a coat. You need one. He took it and said, thank you. And we became friends. Are you all out there? Did you go home? You know, may, maybe... May, just a thought. Maybe the other person you're dealing with, maybe it's not you. Maybe you're there for them. Thank you all. This is, y'all are awfully quiet tonight. That's okay. That's okay. I have this book. It's Lisa's book, but I stole it. Who did Mark give this to, me or you? We both have one? I thought he gave it to you because you needed it more than I do. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Everybody knows I really did the one. I, I actually need it more than Lisa does. But let me tell you something. The different translations, and I read this all the time. I'm not going to look at you and tell you I've arrived. But are you all ready to work on it? Yes. Because you want to get your prayers answered, don't you? Yes. All right. Um, King James Version, charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave unseemly. Seeks not her own, is not easily provoked. I stop right there sometimes and just think about it. Repent a few times and then move on. Thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity never faileth. And I'm going to tell you something. King James Version, all the words in there don't make a lot of sense to me. That's not my language. So I read it and go, eh, whatever. Let's read, this one's out of the Amplified Bible. 
It says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Are you there yet? Well, we got work to do. Why not think about the good? You got the good, you got the bad, you got the ugly. Why don't you think on the good? All right. Love is not envious, does not strut. This is the Jordan translation. It does not act up nor try to get things for itself. It pinches no tantrums, keeps no books on insults or injuries. Some of you got some lists to throw away. Well, I remembered right now you did that four times this week already. Catherine, I'm not just preaching to you, but I'm, I'm trying to get close to him, but I just wanted to know. Love, love suffers long, ha- having patience with imperfect people. Love is kind and active and doing good. Love does not envy. It's love is not provoked. It's not irritable or touchy, rough. Or hostile. Ask me why I underlined that. There's somebody in our house that needed to read it. (laughs) Not the dog. We don't have one. Love thinks no evil, does not keep account of wrongs done. Instead, it erases resentments. It does not find satisfaction in the shortcomings, nor does it spread an evil report. It rejoices in truth, aggressively advertising the good about people. Love believes the best about them. It hopes all things and never gives up on people. Everybody say amen or oh me. It's okay. We're going to another page. How many of y'all think you might want one of these books? Yeah, I stole mine from Lisa. Here is the WMS. I don't know what the translation of that is. It says it never gets provoked and it never harbors an evil thought. Catherine, you and I just go to the next page. You know, I see people sometimes and they just, they just sweet like Diane here. She, I mean, she's just sweet all the time. But me and Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> Diane reads this and goes, I do all that. <laughs> Is that baloney? Yeah. All right. Here, here's the Weiss translation. So she's being a little deceptive in all her. It's kind of like a, kind of like a stick of dynamite. You just, just don't shake her too good. Love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from others. That's tough. That's tough. I told you I've only been, I told you I never hit anybody. I've only hit two people since I've been saved. I won't tell you about the second one. The first one was a guy that threw mud on me at work. And I'd already been in a fight with my ex on the way to work. And I decided I'm not taking your crap anymore. Okay, I'll come over here. It dawned on me about three punches into this, do I want to walk around without my teeth just because I'm mad at somebody? 
Y'all ever think about what's really going to happen to you? What are you going to look like when they get through punching your lights out? I won. <laughs> you ought to see the other guy. <laughs> so I apologized to him. I said, ah, I'm sorry. God almighty. Just got back up and went back to work. Got right with God. I'm embarrassing myself. It's been a while, though. It's been a while. Does not force itself on others. Isn't always me first and doesn't fly off the handle. Does not keep score of the sins of others. We got five more minutes in this place. And turn y'all loose. And I got the book, and I'm not done yet. There's still more. This is um, Mark Hankins. What he did was he just he just took he just he didn't write a book on love. He just took scriptures of different uh, translations and put them in because sometimes it says it a different way. Um, it helps me to read it and go, okay, I'm wrong. That might be why my prayers don't get answered right there. I want to read one more scripture and then we're going to close and go home. Go to Acts chapter 7. Remember, nobody can stop you from your destiny. Only you. you don't, people are not, you don't, have to, you don't have to prove anything. You have nothing. You don't, you don't need to fight. Right now, America's, vol- I mean, people are just mad at everybody. I got to tell you one more story. It's really funny. And I've told it on Sunday morning before, but we have new people and they need to hear all of my stories. <laughs> it is a law. I learned it at Rama. I'm driving down 441. I'm going to Home Depot. I left church here and I was going to do something and I'm in the right lane and I wanted to get in the far left lane. So I pulled right in front of somebody, you know, just for a moment and then went to the next lane and went in. Well, he, he, he didn't like it. So I pull in, and this big, giant Silverado pulls up, gets out, and threatens to whip me. Well, I just happened to have been prayed up. I was in one of those rare moments when I was walking in the Spirit. (laughs) And he said, you cut me off. I said, I did. I apologize. Well, that's not what he was waiting for. So I forget, Lisa, what was the next thing he hollered at me? I remember the blue truck. Yeah, oh yeah. He said, you, he said, oh, I know, I know, I know. And then he said, so since he couldn't make me mad, I mean, I did, I mean, I didn't really, I need to cut the paint off his bumper or nothing. I did pull right in front of him to get in the left lane. And, um, and, and, you know, apparently he's having a bad day. So I get in the left lane. He pulls behind me and gets him out and he wants to, wants to get in a fight. You cut me off. I said, yes, you're right. I did. And I apologize. I, I should not have squeezed in front of you to get in the left lane. And I was, I was so full of God, I was just laughing at him, and just that made him mad. He said, not only that, but you drive a girl's truck. <laughs> I had the blue Toyota, and, and Lisa is the one that picked it out, and I went, that is true. That is a girl's truck. 
My wife bought it for me, but, and then I made him mad. I said, but men can do that. So that didn't go over. He ain't got a fight with me yet. And then he says, and I'll bet you are a holy roller. And I'm like, where did that come from? (laughs) And I walked up to him and I said, I cut you off, I'm sorry. I drive a girl's truck and yes, I am a tongue-talking, devil-chasing holy roller. (laughs) I said, unless you have any more beef with me, do you mind if I go in and shop now? (laughs) I was so proud of myself, Zach. That's not the old me. (laughs) I was so, I walked away and went, you did good. (laughs) And he was bigger than me. (laughs) All right. Is, Is there any reason to mix it up with him? Um, go to Acts chapter 7, 51. I said that. Let's go here. It says, it, now, now um, Stephen is preaching. They're mad at him for preaching the gospel. And he's talking to Jews. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed uh, those who foretold the coming of who you now say are the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. They gnashed at him with their teeth. And he, being full of the Holy Ghost, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open, and the Son of God standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran with him in one accord. And they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. Is this a bad day? Pretty bad. Yeah. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. I really think that Saul was, God made Saul pick up this man's ministry. That's what I, I believe. And they stoned Stephen as he called on God and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Wow. Do you want unforgiveness when you're dying? That would be the bad time to have it. I've read that before and I thought to myself, in all reality, how many of us would be, we, we can't even handle insults, much less someone hit us in the head with a rock. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. So this is a supernatural life. We live a supernatural life. I want my prayers answered. Do you? I do. Understand something. This is not given to us so the other person gets off the hook. You're not God. Just leave it alone and go, you know what? This is not, this is none of my business. I'm leaving this alone. But as of right now, I'm going to walk in love. And then I'm just going to be quiet and I'm going to move on and give this to you. And you might have to do this more than once. I had to learn that the hard way. I, I, I thought I could do it once and it would go away, but, but, but I found out it did not. Now, Jeannie Bowser One day I was in the office and we were discussing someone and she says, pastor, it appears to me as you have not forgiven them. I said, I have forgiven the son of a gun. 
This is a true story. I went in my office and I went, apparently not. You know, just the mention of their names. <laughs> if you have any of those people in your life right now, I, wa I want you to enjoy the rest of the year and I want you to get your prayers answered. But you're going to have to get that under the blood. Are you all out there? Do you go home? You might think this is, I'm trying to make this fun, I'm trying to make it maybe too cute. This is real serious. This is real serious. Now there's a story, and I'm out of time. Well, I got three minutes. You remember the man that Reinhard Bonnke raised from the dead in Africa? His wife took him to the meeting, put him in the basement, and he came back to life. He's a preacher. You ought to read the story. There's something about the story that bothers me, if you've ever heard him tell it. He kicked his wife out of the house. And he got in a car wreck and died. And when he went to heaven, the angel said, you're not coming in. You have unforgiveness. His wife is the one that took him to Reinhardt's meeting and was raised from the dead. They travel now preaching on forgiveness. Wow. Now, that to me is pretty heavy. I'm not going to look at him and go, you're lying. But I live like maybe is he telling me the truth? I'll come over here and preach a minute. I'm thinking that, there's, that God takes this whole forgiveness thing a whole lot. He's forgiven you of everything. And our sins are far greater than anything anybody ever did to you and me. And I think sometimes a lot of patience. We need to have a lot of patience with our spouse, with our family, and with each other. Somebody didn't do so good, you just pray for them and you move on. You just go, God, pray for them, bless them, help them out. Apparently they're not there yet. Because there's going to come a day you're going to need it. I don't believe that anybody in here is intentionally upsetting people. But you do upset people. But you're not intentionally doing it. But you do do it. You want grace. Why don't you give it? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Men have a tendency more than women to just be ugly to their wives. God don't like it. If you find yourself struggling, man, you might want to go home and get right with mom. I ain't talking about your mommy. I'm talking about your wife. I'm being serious. This, whenever things don't work, that's the first place I go. And, mo and sometimes it's not obvious to me. I have to go, God, I don't see it. Is there? And he might bring up something. I go, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did. I've had to go back to people and say, I need to apologize to you. You keep doing You apologize to enough people, you'll stop. <laughs> I've had to stand up in front of this whole church and apologize to the whole church. This is a long time ago. I'm better now. <laughs> Tanya, do you ever remember any of those days? Yeah. I kind of led into this whole church one Sunday. 
whole church, the whole lying, crooked mess of them. God, I got home. He goes, go back and apologize. No. I did. Are y'all ready? Anybody in here, you got some people up in your mind. You're like, well, let's deal with this. Father God, I want to thank you for this evening. We're about to enter into the Christmas season. We're about to enter into what we call the happiest time of the year. It's not a happy time for everybody, but it can be. Father God, I'm asking you if there's anybody sitting in this room right now and they're dealing with bitterness or unforgiveness. Somebody did me wrong. I'm asking you to extend grace to them right this minute. Take the things that other people have done and, and help them to get it under the blood and to realize that nobody can harm them if you're for them. But forgiveness is a must because the only person they're hurting is themselves. And Father, I pray that if anybody's in this room right now and they're sick in their body, then the primary reason for that is that they've got ought. Their husbands and wives have had spats and they have never reconciled it. They've never apologized to one another. They've never reconciled and come back into fellowship. They're just walking around upset all the time. I know that there may be, I don't know for a fact, there just may be people in here like that right now. And I know that in our families, it's very difficult the time of the year to go visit families because we have family members with a bad history. We don't want to be around them. I'm asking you for grace to meet them, to love them, hug them, and bless them, and be kind. If there ever was a time for us to walk in love, it's now. And Father, as I read the love scriptures, the reason most people don't do that is it's not easy to do. It is not easy. Our nature, our flesh is self-centered. And the opposite of your love is selfishness. And, and all of us in this room have a tendency at times to take care of ourselves. And you're asking us to not do that. I pray, Father God, we'll go home tonight. And, and if there's anybody in here who needed this, I ask you to... Restore to them the joy of their salvation. Lift them back up into a place where their prayers are getting answered. And they will, like the Scrooge, enter into the Christmas season full of joy. And we give you glory and honor for it, sir, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.